Artificial intelligence technologies are revolutionising project management. Be at the forefront of the latest news with Endeavour Program's AI for Project Success podcast, hosted by me, Rebecca Archer, a journalist and media industry professional with more than two decades of experience. Joining me today on the podcast is Endeavour Program's Principal Advisor Technology, Paul Young. Paul has more than two decades of experience as a chief level IT executive. He currently leads the development and commercialisation of Octant AI's cloud platform. Octant AI is, of course, the artificial intelligence technology pioneered by Endeavour Program to make huge time and cost savings for projects across the globe. Paul Young is also responsible for the implementation of machine learning and AI from an online technology perspective. Paul, thank you so much for being here today. You've had quite a distinguished career as a Chief Information Officer. How has your work history at places like whatif.com and the global consulting and engineering firm Osenko prepared you for your role at Endeavour Program? One of the things about my career is that I've always been in challenging very fast-growing companies. So for me, the adoption of technologies and design patterns that scale for growth at a competitive price point has always been one of my my chief challenges. For instance, when I was at whatif.com, we were growing at 150% per year in its early days and with peak demand sometimes exceeding five times our normal traffic during peak demand periods like Christmas, Easter. So obviously when your marketing department's spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on promotions out to your customers, um, your ability to actually deliver during those peak periods is key to the success of the business. So, you know, from my perspective, technology has to support uh, the broader business requirements, i.e. marketing, customer experience. And it's actually the CIO's job to be an integral part of the executive management team and educate and provide technology that supports business strategy. So that was what if, then I moved on to Asenko and that had different objectives. How to scale an engineering business across North and South America, Asia-Pac, Africa and remain competitive. So what I've learned is that different scenarios require alternate technologies and you need to use a proven design pattern for each industry. So I suppose my key takeaway is plan to be a large enterprise from the beginning. Adopt scalable best-in-class technologies appropriate to the industry sector and architect to provide availability, security, security compliance up front so that you don't need to re-implement later. So, you know, um, that's a very interesting thing with most businesses. They often think they can't afford to do best practice up front, um, but actually what it does in a fast-growing business is really slow you down and is very frustrating as a business. So it actually doesn't work out to be any more expensive to do things properly from the word go and imagine that you're going to be large and and then you can just keep accelerating and your technology always keeps up with the business. It's a great philosophy. What do you think some are some of the biggest innovations that you have observed over the course of your career and where does Octant sit on that spectrum? Yeah, it's been fascinating being in this industry during the last, you know, 20, 30 years. You know, I've been here since the first PCs came out 
um, when I put those in. But I think, you know, the five uh, key technologies that came out that have really made a difference to basically adoption of technology by customers and by, you know, people in general would be virtualization. So what I mean by that is in the early days, we all used to have our hardware sitting in our corners. We'd have to go out and buy it. It wouldn't scale. It would break down. Someone learned, um, some very smart person learned how to virtualize a hardware platform into software. So now we actually can just go out and consume these types of objects just as um, pay for service. The second thing would probably be the adoption of the cloud. And in fact, that's just a natural progression from where we've come through from virtualization. But in um, a lot of enterprises early on, we have major hosting um, centers. We've got a lot of money tied up doing those kinds of things. So with the adoption of cloud and people like Azure and Amazon Web Services coming in, they do a very good job of what they do and allow you as a business to concentrate on what you need to do. And of course, you know, um, you know, probably the third thing was when the World Wide Web came out, the ability to get away from these clunky green screens and actually be able to see and provide information via web and HTML. And then I think, you know, the next major thing that sort of started up a lot of innovation was the iPhone. It actually tapped into our ability. We want to be able to touch things, we want to be able to move things, and we want information at our fingertips and to be able to consume it. I mean, for instance, the iPhone today is, has about 10 times as much computing power as the technology that they used to, to launch the shuttle to the moon. You know, it's just amazing. And then, you know, last thing, and this has just been in the last five to ten years, is the whole now that we've got this data, we have customer data, marketing data, historical data, the ability to do data analytics, to do artificial intelligence and machine learning on that data to deliver rich insights to business has um, been a real deal breaker um, and fastened up our move to technology. So Octan AI is basically a product that is using data analytics and machine learning to trawl through companies' project data to give them valuable insights about how to improve their project performance. And Octan AI generates substantial amounts of information. How do you deliver this in a usable and a form that's easy to understand? Octan doesn't actually generate substantial amounts of data. It actually consumes large amounts of data. And what we do is whatever format the customers require in, we can deliver it to them, whether that's in PDF reports, Excel or CSV formats, uh, put it into their data warehouse so, so that it works uh, inside their organisation so that they can visualise those outputs with platforms such as Power BI and Tableau. Now, data-driven predictive artificial intelligence has a lot of focus on data as being effectively the crude oil of the process. What can you tell me about how Octant, I guess, ingests the data and how do clients need to prepare for that? Successful um, artificial intelligence slash machine learning requires a certain level of data maturity within organisations. So the ability to be able to provide a large extract of historical project or financial information that conforms to a, to a per-client agreed data standard. Now, you know, a lot of our work with our client, often as a first stage, we assist our clients 
to conform their data into something like a centralised data warehouse. And that in its own right provides a lot of uh, interesting insights to the business so that you can then perform analytical and statistical insights into it. And you might learn things about your organisation that have been there since day dot, but now they're actually visual and you can actually see that you have a rising cost centre here or that you're improving your performance in these things. People have a feeling about this, but I think you know increasingly... Um, being a data-driven organisation is a really important differentiator for companies. So really for clients to be ready for us or for any kind of analytics slash machine learning, it's this sort of first stage of having strong data disciplines within your organisation and assisting organisations to sort of get their data in that format. Then once we actually have that, um, there's some fairly standard tools and practices these days to load that data up into different platforms to perform analysis or machine learning or AI on it. And faced with processing millions of data points, how does your AI engine actually perform? It's quite amazing, actually. I mean, just one client we're working with at the moment, we do 100 million data points, 100 million plus. We ingest them, we clean them, and we process them into a client model in under five minutes. Subsequently, we can then do monthly predictions against that model for a client in, in around a minute. And we and this is all achieved on relatively inexpensive infrastructure within Amazon Web Services platform. You've also developed a single global cloud platform. Presumably security is a major priority. So how do you go about safeguarding your client's data? Yes, well, this goes back to, you know, what we talked about in the first place about thinking that you're going to be a large organisation before you even start. And then obviously in my previous roles, data security, compliance with government, compliance, all those things are an integral part of my role. So this platform's been built up using best practice. It's in AWS, which is already a very secure platform. All client data is segregated into their own individual tenancy you know, non-technical term for that is in their own secure virtual environment where there's no ability to look over into anyone else's environment. All access into that platform is controlled by sort of a multi-factor authentication. So, for instance, you might need to have a password and then you have to you get a challenge response on your phone or something like you do with banking. And also um, all of our client data is actually encrypted at rest within the platform. So in terms of best current practice for managing client data, that's already baked into our platform. Can you tell me a little bit about the types of industries that may offer the greatest potential for utilising AI in their major projects? And just as a follow-up, um, around the world, which, which sectors are we seeing that are on the cutting edge and willing to embrace AI into their work practices? It's really interesting, actually. Um, all industries have different challenges, but Generally speaking, all major projects are difficult. It doesn't matter which sector that you're actually in. So there's a long list of major project failures in, in all industries, IT, construction, finance. There's a car wreck out there of projects because actually projects are very difficult to do. So my belief is that all industries will be able to utilise AI and ML 
maybe in different ways. They have different problems that can be actually solved for it. And that's why we actually spend time in each of our industry sectors actually trying to understand what exactly are their challenges and what do they actually need. So say, for instance, in the construction industry, Octant AI will help them understand where they are three to four months earlier then they'll actually understand out of the business. For instance, in the financial sector, that might understanding that might allow you to allocate your money in your portfolio um, differently and take on more projects because you um, actually understand where you are. So it has actually broad uh, application across many industries in the, in the project area. And presumably, while a lot of businesses want to improve their productivity and save money, there's still a little bit of uncertainty, I suppose, about the the unknown. Maybe they're just not really getting their heads around AI within the project management sphere. How is that stigma being broken down or is it being broken down? Yeah, that's actually a great question. I mean, the funny thing is, is that people don't realise is that um, AI and machine learning is there with them every day. A credit score, um, Siri on their phone, uh, their smart TVs, it's all AI and machine learning. So it's actually embedded in within us now. But um, I suppose, you know, my the way I approach this is that, you know, all you know technical innovations that succeed are about proving out the business benefits to the principals or the customers. So, for instance, in our work, you know, what I, we tend to do is start small and focused in an area, explore and analyse the data and deliver clear outcomes to the business that um, improve efficiency or their margins or their competitiveness. So I found that if you can demonstrate good financial outcomes to a business, uh, that usually overcomes anyone's reluctance to take on new technologies. So there's no doubt that, you know, if you just sort of think about AI and machine learning, it's actually very similar. It's fascinating that it's actually exactly the same way that we work. For instance, you know, the reason that we make good decisions as we get older, hopefully, is that we've got more experience and we've got more history that that we have in our being that actually says... The last time I did this, this turned out really badly, so perhaps I should go this way that time. So, you know, the way I think about AI and machine learning is it's a way of capturing organisational knowledge. So just imagine this, you have people working in your organisation that maybe can't articulate their knowledge, but they're very good at their function. When they leave your organisation, all that knowledge leaves your organisation and you have to start off with new people. So the way I think about machine learning and AI is a way of capturing organisational knowledge and embedding it within a platform so that it's available to the rest of the organisation so that when you lose those key people, you still get the benefit of their knowledge and the decisions that they would have made in that circumstance available to your people in the organisation. When we look at AI and the adoption, the take-up of it, around the world, are there any places that you can identify as really jumping on the forefront of this? Who's doing it well? And and is there a model by which Australia should be looking to to take some cues from? Yeah, it, I think it's sort of in its embryonic phase for, for most people at the moment. But obviously the companies like Facebook, 
you know, Google, you know, Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera, you know, have now grown multi-billion dollar empires by being able to utilise their clients' data and provide better insights to their customers. So I think we should take a leaf out of their book and actually understand that our data that we actually have within our organisations is incredibly value and the job for us moving forward is actually unlocking and understanding the value that's in there. So I think that as a good, as a first good step is, you know, it's about enterprises adopting good data discipline management and sort of treating data in their organisation like money. From your perspective, with the decades of experience that you have, what sort of demand do you foresee among young people for studying to work in careers that are involved in AI innovation? I mean, look, data science is emerging as a new in-demand skill in IT. It's a fascinating area to work in. Basically, there are not enough graduates or practitioners to keep up with the demand in the industry at present. So... Organisations that digitally innovate by managing and understanding the value of their data and then they employ analytics, AI and machine learning will continue to disrupt their respective markets and gain competitive advantage. I think that's an understood paradigm these days. Um, So the opportunities for graduates and practitioners will continue to increase and this will be an exciting career for people, you know, either looking to move into this as a career or currently in there. So IT is really no longer around laptops, servers and infrastructure. It's really about data insights and business innovation. So, I mean, if I was a new graduate, that would be my choice of career. Paul Young, thank you so much for your time. Um, Great insights into how your experience has shaped your role at Endeavour Program. It'll be great to see what happens going forward, both in terms of AI in general and also Octant AI's potential for really revolutionising project management. It's been great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to you. You've been listening to Endeavour Program's AI for Project Success podcast, offering insights and analysis on the impact artificial intelligence is having on project management.